Welcome to Insights into the Faith with Bishop Mark Seitz of the Diocese of El Paso. Join us as we discuss Bishop Seitz's thoughts and teachings into our faith and the life of our church in El Paso. And now, welcome, Bishop Mark. Muy buenos dias. Good morning. We are live. Insights into the Faith with me as always, Bishop Mark Seitz. Muy buenos dias, Señor Obispos Mark Seitz. Buenos días. Eh, es un otro bonito día aquí en la diócesis del Paso. Excelente, Bishop Mark. Permítame uh, un momentito. Yes, of course. Uh, with me today is Bishop Mark Seitz, uh, who stepped away. But me, I am Fernie Ceniceros, your faithful servant and host, Director of Communications for the Diocese of El Paso. Bishop Mark, can we start with a prayer, please? Por seguro. En el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amén. Amén. Te damos gracias, Señor, para su presencia en nuestra vida. Ponemos nuestras uh, uh, preocupaciones, ancianidades, todos nuestros uh, problemas en sus manos, Señor. We, we entrust to you all of our challenges and difficulties, and, and uh, we know that in your hands, we are okay. You will be with us and guide us. Help us um, to recognize your presence and your blessings and all that we do today. Um, help us to be grateful for every small, small gift um, and find in them a, a sign where you're saying, um, you are loved um, and cared for. Uh, guide us in our time together today that it might help us to grow in our faith and in our service to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bishop Mark, good morning. Uh, for the week of January 26th today, Wednesday, a uh, lot to cover, a lot to talk about, but firstly, Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the Feast of the Day. Today is uh, the Feast of Saints Timothy and Titus, Titus bishops. Yes. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know anything about Saints Timothy and Titus, so maybe you can uh, enlighten me this morning. Love these guys. Love these guys. They're, they're just such wonderful saints and models. Models for all of us, but in a special way for uh, priests and bishops, of course. Uh, they, they're both um, of Greek heritage, and um, they became disciples of St. Paul and uh, came into the faith uh, un under him. They were converts of his. Um, uh, his, his. Timothy's mother was Jewish, but his father was a pagan um, and um, uh, but but he wasn't really a practicing Jew, which was a big issue in the early days of the church, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, a lot of people thought you had to be a Jew first to be a Christian. Um, it took a long time to work that out. And then uh, Titus, uh, I believe his both of his parents were not Jewish; they were they were pagan, and. Um, uh, he was converted by Saint Saint Paul, and um, and he was uh, Titus was one that went with 
St. Paul to Jerusalem to kind of work out that very issue about whether uh, the converts from paganism had to become Jewish first, that they had to be circumcised and so on, and practice Jewish ritual laws, um, you know, uh, things like that. So uh, Titus was there at, at the meeting when this, when his fate, you might say, was being questioned. Uh, but uh, thanks to the strong guidance of the Spirit and the work of St. Paul, uh, the church began to realize, hey, we've got something new here. It's not simply a sect of Judaism, but, but something in, entirely wonderful and new for the salvation of the whole world. And uh, so the, and the former uh, ritual kind of restrictions uh, of, of the law and culturally based things were not obligatory for people who um, were becoming uh, Christians. So big times in the church. So eventually the, these two people who traveled with Paul a lot and whom he depended upon, he, Paul made, put them in charge of different churches. And um, so we can read the letters that he wrote to them today and his advice to them. And one of the things he says to Timothy is, you know, don't let um, your, put yourself be put down because of your youth, you know, um, God's working in you and um, have confidence in, in that selection, that, he, that choice that God has made. So I don't know if God would say that to me anymore, but uh <laughs> Seeing as how I've celebrated another of many birthdays, but um, uh, I think the, the advice is still good for any of us at any time. None of us are worthy of this work, but um, we trust that uh, God makes possible what he chooses. Well, like I told you a couple of weeks ago when it was your birthday, I said not a day over 35, right, Bishop Mark? Bueno, no voy a mentir. <laughs> Pero no siento más. Uh, viejo que, que 35 años, pero bueno, yo sé, a veces estoy hablando solamente en inglés, lo siento, pero uh, estos santos, Timoteo y Tito, Tito uh, son buenos ejemplos para todos nosotros. And, and Bishop Mark, when, when we ask for, you know, when we ask specific saints for intercession, what are we asking um, Saints Timothy and Titus to intercede for us. Is there a specific? Uh, you know, I don't know if I can tell you what, if they are patrons of any particular causes, maybe some of our listeners know that. But uh, I think the obvious thing is that, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm biased, but uh, when we think of them and ask for their intercession, it might very appropriately be for bishops. Right. Right. We, you know, we have Paul's advice just on how a bishop should live that comes to us through his letter, especially to Timothy, two letters to Timothy. Excellent, Bishop Mark. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to say good morning to a couple of people, to uh, Rosa Thorpe from the Cathedral. Oh, good morning, Rosa. And uh, Danielle Lagunas, good morning for me and Bishop and as always, we are more than happy to answer your questions. Or if you want to just say hello, please say hello. Leave a comment in the chat. And we are more than happy to um, just say hello or to yeah, answer your questions. Put your hearts out there and things Absolutely. like that. We like to see those things floating around. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Bishop Mark, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and um, want to talk to you a little bit about uh, where we are as far as uh, COVID-19. Uh, we're getting ready to get into two years uh, living within a pandemic here in the, in the borderland. Um, I, just, I can't believe it's been two years uh, since we did that. But can you talk about what you're thinking about the pandemic and about the efforts that we're doing here in the Diocese of El Paso? Bueno, todavía es un gran reto, no solamente para nosotros en la diócesis, sino para todo el mundo. Y hay lugares donde no tienen los recursos que tenemos uh, aquí en los estados para uh, enfrentar esta uh, uh, amenaza. Pero al mismo tiempo es, es un reto aquí. Uh, los números no están bien, lastimosamente, aquí en, en El Paso. Uh, eh, podemos ver particularmente en otros lugares que, que han llegado a su, uh, su punta más alta, puede decir, y, y están disminuyendo el número, pero no hemos llegado a este punto aquí en El, en el Paso hasta ahora, creo. Hay signos, signos, pero no podemos relajarse en este momento. Uh, we're, we, we see other places that have reached a peak. We're seeing some indications that might start going down, but uh, I, really, uh, I really think we're still underwater, so it's not quite time to breathe freely. <laughs> you know, um, we, we're going to have to continue to have safe practices. There is no family in El Paso that hasn't been very uh, directly impacted by it this time. Uh, before it was kind of, well, some distant relatives and a few families, but, but now it's like every family. Thanks be to God, especially among the vaccinated, very few have been seriously ill. But there's still a, a num uh, fairly high percentage of unvaccinated people. And then there are those among us with health issues that even though they're vaccinated, the virus can really, really be tough on them. Tenemos como 500 personas en el hospital en ese momento en la diócesis. Más que 30 mil personas que tienen con un récord que, que tiene uh, uh, un, un caso de, de, de la virus, virus ahorita, ahorita. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the numbers are um, really much higher than 30,000 active cases uh, because most people are, uh, or at least a high percentage are doing home tests. And so normally those aren't recorded at all. So the numbers are higher, I think it's safe to say, than they have ever been in El Paso. Now, the hospitalizations are not as high as they were at the worst peak. But remember what that worst peak meant? It meant people in tents. That's right. You know, it, it meant um, dead people in refrigerator trucks. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody want to go back to that? 
you know, but at 500, especially with the fact that we're not getting reinforcements on the staffing, nurses and doctors, like we did back then. And, and uh, you know, the, the hospitals are full. Uh, it's still a very concerning situation. And, you know, it's not, a, I don't say that because saying, oh, run for the hills, you know, we, we shouldn't panic, of course, but we need to be conscious of doing our part. What's that? The part is, is staying, I'm going to take every reasonable precaution that I can take. I'm going to get vaccinated. I'm going to get boosted if I haven't. Right now, they're saying that the number of people getting their booster shots is down. That's terrible. You know, what, what they learned is that people who are vaccinated and not boosted uh, can, can have the same uh, risk as people who weren't vaccinated at all, or at least close to that. So you need to be boosted if you're not boosted quickly. Um, you need to use your masks. You need to keep safe social distance to the best that you can, especially when you're indoors um, with people that aren't part of your family unit. Um, that That's very risky right now because, um, you know, you've got to figure that one person out of 10 or 20 might well have the virus at, at this point. So, um, Necesitamos uh, hacer los, las cosas que puede uh, proteger no solamente usted, sino también los en su alrededor, los familiares, los amigos, los otros que pueden comunicar este virus a, a los vulnerables. I, I know that you kind of, in a, in a sense, answered some of the questions that I'm about to ask you, but I feel if I don't get a little bit more specific, um, maybe the, 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 the point might be missed. But some of the things that I hear, and I've heard from several different people, or I've heard from, you know, secondhand or thirdhand, you know, I get, I get a lot of the calls, is that a lot of the, the fear around a vaccine, I, I think uh, the other day I saw on the news uh, I believe in someone in San Antonio, there was a, a woman that died, uh, found out that she had diabetes. She was in her 30s. Uh, she found out in the hospital that she had diabetes, hadn't been vaccinated, and within two days of coming to the hospital for COVID, then the next day finding out she had diabetes, then she died a day later. Um, and they interviewed the uh, person in the family and the, fa the family member said, you know, this has completely changed my mind about the vaccine. I, I think I'm going to get vaccinated because before, you know, I didn't know what was in it and I was very scared. And so I, I hear a lot of that. I hear a lot of, you know, God will help me. God will save me. So I don't need a vaccine. I'm good. Um, what do you say to those people from a faith perspective about, you know, doing, I guess, what seems to be your part in getting vaccinated? And, and getting boosted, you know, I've heard a lot of, well, I'm going to get sick again. I don't want to get sick again, so I'm not going to get the booster. What, what do you say from a, from a faith standpoint, Bishop Mark? Well, you know, there, there's so much that we, we've uh, spoken of before, and, and I know there are so many fears out, out here. But, but brothers and sisters, you just have to take 
the advice of of our, of leaders in the community and 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 stop following a lot of these ridiculous conspiracy theories and the like that are out you know people are taking advantage of you um there there's a lot of untruth but listen to the experts your family doctor um epidemiologists um and leaders in the church uh, i would say you know who uh, are guiding you in terms of the moral aspects of this and who also ourselves have the responsibility of listening to the experts um you know, the, there's. Uh, it's just so important that the risks are so great here. Uh, if you don't get take advantage of the vaccine, um, that uh, we we can't just stay on the sidelines and say, well, oh, you know, I'm not sure. What. Take the vaccine. You know, go go to a hospital. Choose your hospital. And ask them there, how many patients are there because they had the vaccine? Right. Come on. You know, the majority of people there with, with COVID are there because they, ha they have COVID and, and they are not protected by the vaccine. That's just, you can prove this. You don't have to go read some idiotic thing on the internet. Just go to your hospital. Talk to a nurse, you know. To ask them what's going on in the hospital. Uh, it it's not rocket science. Or or on the other hand, in, in la otra mano, la otra cosa es que how many cuánta persona que usted conoce que se ha vacunado o que tiene el booster uh, ha, ha tenido ha, se ha infectado con COVID y cuánto duraron uh, malos o enfermos. Yo de por mí sé de cuatro personas que no duraron más de dos días o tres días, a lo más una semana, enfermos con COVID y, y eh, completamente recuperados. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sí, y, sí hay, hay casos no uh, que vacunados, sí, que tienen casos serios, pero uh, no, no uh, tanto comparado a los no vacunados ¿eh? uh, y, y como ha mencionado uh, vemos muchos uh, muriendo no solamente los viejos tampoco los de 30 años y, y uh, eh, yo fui llamado al hospital este domingo una situación muy triste um, donde ha, mur, mur, uh, ha muerto uh -huh. una madre uh, uh, sin pareja uh -huh. uh, con dos hijos de 15 y 18 años. A ver la madre de como 40 años uh, que ha fallecido en, en su cama uh -huh. con sus hijos huérfanos es un, una situación uno de los más difíciles que he visto en mi vida como un sacerdote um, so I'm, I'm saying I was called to the hospital um, uh, Sunday 
a, a single mother, uh, around 40 years old or so, had just died. Um, and, and there are her two sons, 15 and 18, with, without a father or a mother. I didn't ask whether she was vaccinated. But the point is that we know statistically that those who are dying, the vast percentage of them are, are unvaccinated people, like 80 plus percent. Um, and um, it, so many of these deaths then are really unnecessary deaths. They're people who would not have died. Uh, and it uh, breaks my heart. With, with most particularly in the last eight months, uh, those unnecessary deaths because we were able to roll out the vaccine a year ago, but really it was in wide circulation around the summer. Right, Bishop Mark? Right. Mm -hmm. So that does kind of lead me or seg segue me into uh, what we're about to do on Sunday. Uh, this Sunday at 11 a.m., we are going to have a mass that will commemorate the 3,000 that we have lost to COVID since March of 2020. Uh, it will be live uh, at the cathedral. Of course, you are free to join us. But if for whatever reason you can't or you feel like you're not comfortable in a large crowd, because there will be a lot of people, we will have it live on uh, the CW as well as Facebook uh, and all of our social medias. Um, Bishop Mark, and, and to kind of lead me into, you know, I usually ask you what this, the readings are going to tell us this week, uh, this fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time. Well, we know, we do know, I got a chance to, to read ahead. I did my homework and uh, the key theme is love. So with that being said, without giving out the store, what are you hoping to convey to the faithful uh, during this memorial mass? Well, it's a very big challenge, to be honest with you. And, and I'm still wrestling with exactly what I should say, so I couldn't even sit here and tell you if I knew. It's difficult to say that we can say, but I'm sure that the Spirit Santo can assist me. But... Bueno, hay muchas cosas que podemos aprender de estos, uh, uh, estas lecturas um, de Jeremías, uh, diciendo que desde su concepción, um, uh, I knew you, que he conocido a ti. Um, uh, from the time that you were conceived in your mother's womb, I, I knew you. I, I had a plan for your life. And, and so it's just beautiful, tender um, words from God. Um, the second reading talks about the uh, it's Paul's beautiful hymn to love, you know. And uh, one of the things, of course, that we've been saying all along in the, in the church from the Pope on down is, um, our love for others means that we are willing to, that we need to be willing to sacrifice for the, for the sake of others. That's what love means. It, it means that we, we value the other to the point where we, we're willing to accept difficulties uh, and, uh, you know, 
things that would not be our first choice, you know, mm-hmm. if, it, if it was only me. Uh, but, um, but we do it joyfully because of the way that we value that other person. And um, so for a Christian, the goal is always to be expanding those circles of love and, and giving ourselves more generously. Yes, caring for ourselves, obviously, because God has given us this responsibility and this gift of our, our own life. But, but to begin to use that gift so that it will be ser- of service to others. Adarnos generosamente para el bien de los otros amados. So um, we're, we're going to pray for all of those who have lost loved ones and recognize that in love, uh, love, as St. Paul mentions, never never fails, never goes away. It's, it's something that is the same in the kingdom of God as it is here on earth, where so many other things aren't the same. Our money, our possessions, our goals, our ambitions, they won't matter, you know, but but our love is something that if it's true love, will go on. Um, and so we, we have that hope that those who have gone before us will, um, will still be with us, uh, are still with us, and, and we will see them again, God willing, in his kingdom. Um, so those would be uh, some of the messages. I hope it will be cons- consoling. And it's especially for those who have lost loved ones. We'll be praying for for those who have gone before us and for their families. Uh, But we'll also be accepting the challenge again to live in such a way that that our loved ones will not have died in vain. So this uh, special Mass will be on Sunday, uh, uh, January 30th at 11 a.m. at St. Patrick Cathedral. And we will also be simulcasting live on the CW uh, channel 7.2. As always, that's where you can find all of our Sunday Masses. And uh, we will also be simulcasting on our Diocesan Facebook page. And you can find a link to that. You'll find a link to that that day on our Diocesan webpage. If for whatever reason uh, you don't have uh, Facebook, you can still view it on our diocesan webpage as well. Sí. Lastimosamente, esta misa no va a ser bilingüe como la mayor parte de los de las misas diocesanas, pero esta es una misa de la parroquia en inglés y probablemente voy, voy a hablar un poco en español, pero la mayor parte va a estar en inglés. Pero todavía vamos a tener nuestra misa en español a las 10. ¿Dónde pueden encontrar esta so, misa? La misa en español a las 10 de la mañana uh, este, estará en... Um, uh, ¿TV Azteca? En la TV Azteca. Uh, but I'm trying to say it's going to be live or it's going to be played or showed. Uh, va a estar disponible. Gracias a Dios. Me dio las, las palabras. Va a estar disponible para usted en el TV Azteca, canal 7.4. Y también en el Facebook de la Diócesis del Paso a las 10 de la mañana, todos los domingos. Y uh, este tiempo también quiero agradecer mucho a nuestros uh, patrocinadores uh, in, in both English and Spanish, our sponsors. Uh, we would not be able to do it without them. So thank you so much to our sponsors. 
So, Bishop Mark, one final thing before I let you go. Uh, you're going to get your hands on some, uh, some, some, how do I say this? Fresh meat? I don't want to say fresh meat, but. No, I wouldn't say that. You're going to put your hands on some people, right? That's on right. Two this very way. particular. This way. That's right. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. We are going to be ordaining Alfonso uh, Coronado uh, to the priesthood, and um, we're going to be ordaining uh, Lloyd Divina Gracia to the diaconate. Uh, the soon-to-be father Alfonso will is uh, currently um, assigned to uh, Alpine, uh, and uh, Lloyd Divina Gracia is assigned to uh, Saints Peter and Paul. Bishop Mark, this is an exciting time, right? Oh, it's just thrilling, and one of the great joys of a bishop, certainly, to be able to witness this commitment uh, on the part of young men uh, who have uh, presented themselves for these years of formation and then uh, to see their dreams uh, reached in a certain way uh, by their ordination. So uh, it's a great, great night. You see that, that the church is living and, uh, and, and well in the, uh, it will be cared for by these young men who uh, have presented themselves to be shepherds. Excellent. So this uh, este viernes, la ordenación de uh, uh, Alfonso, Alfonso Coronado Sánchez y Lloyd va a ser el uh, viernes a las seis y media de la tarde en San Patricio, en la Catedral de San Patricio. And you can also find it on our diocesan Facebook and always our website. Uh, we will be on at 6.30 p.m. Bishop Mark Seitz will be presiding. Uh, very exciting times, very exciting times. But Bishop, as always, we think we're not going to get 30 minutes in. You know, maybe we might be short a little bit, but here we are. It's 1030 and uh, we've reached the end of our time. Uh, so, Bishop, if you could, uh, just any final thoughts and, and your blessing as well. Okay. Um, gracias de nuevo para su uh, participación en, en, en esta este programa y gracias por sus oraciones y, uh, y apoyo a la iglesia de El Paso. Espero que podemos verle si Dios quiere en la semana que viene uh, al mismo tiempo. Uh. Y, y um, allow me to offer you uh, a blessing. El Señor esté con ustedes. Y con su espíritu. Que la bendición de Dios Padre, Hijo, Espíritu Santo, descienda sobre ustedes y permanezca para siempre. Amén. Bishop Mark, thank you so much uh, for joining us as always. Uh, you can find this uh, podcast also uh, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, not just only on Facebook, but also uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google. You can find it anywhere you like. Uh, please be sure to leave a comment and a rating at the end. And also, uh, uh, be sure to subscribe and tell your friends about it. Uh, but thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Insights into the Faith is a production of the Office of Communications of the Catholic Diocese of El Paso. Our executive producer is the Most Reverend Bishop Mark J. Seitz, Bishop of the Catholic Diocese of El Paso. This podcast was produced and directed by Fernie Ceniceros, Director of Communications for the Diocese of El Paso. Special thanks to Christopher Velasquez, Senior Communications Specialist. Please feel free to hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment.
You can ask Bishop Seitz a question for this show by emailing communications at opasodiocese.org. That's communications at opasodiocese.org. You can also follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at Opaso Diocese. May God bless you all, and we'll see you again next week.